down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, read. Y'all just made that masterpiece that Kevin Durant painted useless by putting the chin strap on the Mona Lisa. And, and, and y'all was saying, Skip, you think Kevin Durant about to win this thing? He's about to win this game, don't you? Hey, everyone. Welcome to an edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. It has been forever since I've recorded a pod. Personally, can't even remember when was the last time, baby. Eight months ago or such, um, Nishant dropped a pod recently about the Hornets offseason, which is, I thought, uh, one of the not people thought wasn't an interesting team, but they surprisingly, you know, with the Williams and Bridges moves, that was, you know, well, not even a Bridges move. It was with his uh, legal situation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just when we thought the offseason was coming to a halt, we're in the dog days. Yesterday, Shams dropped this breaking news with KD. And the Nets are the gift that keeps on giving, right, Nishant? Yeah, dude. Uh, I feel bad for all the GMs, uh, all the you know presidents of basketball operations. Poor guys are just trying to take a vacation. And, uh, you know, you get that like that meme where like the guy's wringing his hands. It's like KD is just waiting for you to go on vacation until he just drops something crazy. Well, it almost seemed like he met Josiah on vacation because the report was, um, I think we saw some of these videos of KD and Harden at a Travis concert in London. And the report was, you know, KD did meet with Josiah in London. Um, so, you know, on vacation, he must have just been called Josiah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we see these reports and the initial it's saying, one, I think the first question everyone had was, does KD really want to be traded? Because the timeline of events was the season ended, they got swept by the Celtics, and at the podium post, post-game conference, KD saying, I support Sean Marks, I support Steve Nash. Um, it's just been a kind of unfortunate set of circumstances. And then KD just kind of goes silent. Um, no one really hears from him. You don't really see much activity from him. Then around the time, right before free agency started, you know, we started hearing the rumors about Kyrie, how he can't come to a long-term contract with the Nets. And then ultimately, you know, he tried to make some sort of power play. We know that, whether it's like threatening to sign for the mid-level with the Lakers or just saying that he wants to be traded, but realize there's no market for him. Then he opts in ultimately. And then right before free agency started, we get the KD trade request. And then really after that, that was June 30th, for about till yesterday, which was August 8th, we heard like a bunch of teams were in the, like whether it was the Celtics, the Raptors, that everyone's basically sending offers, but the Nets weren't getting what they want. And then people wondered, does, would KD, does KD actually want to get traded or not? I think that first question was answered yesterday, right? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, it's a, it's a, a sad situation that the Nets find themselves in. Um, you know, they had three superstars on the team. You know, less less than a year ago, all of them were in contract years. Um, KD signed. Poor Kyrie and Harden both were like, "Oh, we will sign, we will sign," and didn't end up doing it. And now, uh, it just seems like something happened during those four games. I mean, um, KD's not happy. And he wants out, and it 
clearly doesn't seem like him and Kyrie are uh, wanting to... I think they still want to be together, but I think they just don't want to be on the Nets. And I really don't know what happened. I mean, I don't know what happened that Sean Marks did or Steve Nash did. It was crazy that afterwards, uh, you know, reports were coming out that the ultimate, he gave him an ultimatum. He gave Joe Sign an ultimatum. It's either myself or Sean Marks and Steve Nash. And it's um, a little bit perplexing. I know they had a rough season last year, but I wouldn't say any of that was to the fault of Steve Nash, uh, who just a year and a half ago was the guy that they were trying to get you know Kyrie and KD were recruiting him onto the team so um, I don't know really I don't really know what happened to why their why their relationship soured and, and of course Sean Marks I mean he's the one who brought them onto the into the team got all the you know all the surrounding players so that this team has the potential to be a championship team so really sad um, but I mean at this point nothing really surprises me with KD and Kyrie um Right now, KD says he still wants his trade. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening in you know two months when when training camp and regular season starts. Well, I think that's with the whole Marks and Nash situation. It's been clear that you know KD is really not going to Marks. So the initial report was that the trade request was made to Joe side directly. So he just bypassed the uh, Sean Marks, the GM. Um, and again, yesterday, it was that he met with Joe side directly and just, again, bypassed Sean Marks. So there's some sort of disconnect. Now, again, the Steve, I, I agree with KD. It's, it's hard to tell where he's really coming from. So Steve Nash was supposedly the handpicked coach by him and Kyrie, more so KD, because he was working with Steve Nash in Golden State, apparently had a good relationship with him. Um, and I... Yeah, Steve Nash, you know, he's gotten criticism for not merely making in-game adjustments um, and his game plans haven't really been sound. Um, the Nets offense was pretty much isolation and that's it between KD, Kyrie, and when Harden was there. So really doesn't, I mean, I'm not sure where the, the disdain for Nash is coming from. With Marks, you know, maybe it is with the whole Kyrie situation from when he didn't allow Kyrie to play at least the road games. and But that had to come from Josiah as well. There's no way Marks is making that decision on his own. And then now with like not giving Kyrie a long-term contract, so it's maybe that that where he's lost trust in Marks is the only thing people could think about. But it's hard to tell because it's almost seeming like every move the Nets were making was in line with what KD and Kyrie wanted, starting with the whole DeAndre Jordan signing yeah. for four years, yeah. $40 million. And... For some reason, starting DeAndre Jordan over Jared Allen, which almost seems like a, such a disaster. I mean, not seems like it was a disaster if you look back at it now, considering where Jared Allen is and where DeAndre Jordan was. This organization has pretty much done everything that these two guys have wanted, um, and yet he's unhappy. So it's really hard to understand KD, that's for sure. Well, do you think that that was the problem? Is that, you know, we, we were in this player empowerment era where all teams are catering to the superstars but it, did the problem stem from the fact that you know Sean Marks really didn't have the opportunity of building out the team around Katie and Kyrie like he probably would have wanted and you know that that includes players but also coaching and personnel it seems like Katie and Kyrie sort of decided handpicked Brooklyn to be the destination you know whatever three years back now 
sat out for a year because of their various injuries. And then, you know, Sean Marks essentially was never, I mean, we, everyone used to joke that Kyrie and Katie are the shadow GMs, but they were actually the shadow GMs. And do you think part of it's just like, they have zero respect for Sean Marks. And so they're like, well, we don't have any respect for him. Anyways, we're making all the decisions anyways. Like, why do we need him around kind of thing? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> that's what it seems like. Uh, it's unfortunate that I, that Marks hasn't really been able to continue what he was building prior to these two guys coming in, really, uh, because that's what attracted the Nets to these guys to the Nets. You know, the culture they built, uh, the new practice facility. It really seemed the Nets were a modern organization with this um, really positive culture. And then when these it's almost like we see this with a lot of teams. You build the positive culture, you attract the star players, and then when the star players come, you hand over the organization to them, um, and then they really set the culture. Um, and that's that's pretty much what we saw here. Uh, you know, the other thing I did just remember is that that in Sean Marks's end of season conference, I think you know he was talking about how he really wants to change the culture back to what it was um, in the past and really bring in guys that want to be here, want to play. And, you know, it's almost like, I've seen this, other people mentioned this before, it's like when you give a a child everything they want, um, and then if you start to become the strict parent, you know, the child's gonna act up pretty much because if if they're used to getting what they want, and then you start becoming, uh, setting guidelines or, you know, strict rules and such, they're, they, that's that's just how they're going to react. It's almost like these guys are acting like children. Um, you know, it's <laughs> that's what it's looking like to me. Yeah, dude, it's 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 pretty sad. I I will say, um, in my in my opinion, I think a lot of this probably does come back to uh, Kyrie and him not being able to play on home games. I think that led to a lot of frustration for Harden because originally Harden wanted to be there. You know, he wanted to win with the Nets uh, and. Um, I wonder if KD kind of blames Sean Marks for everything. You know, obviously Kyrie had a large part in uh, electing not to get the vaccination. And obviously that's his choice. But, um, you know, there, there were state mandates that wouldn't allow him from playing in home games. And the team had decided it wasn't worth them uh, splitting him, you know, away games and home games, at least early on in the regular season. Um, and perhaps KD blames that friction that was created, you know, had had Kyrie continued playing all season long maybe they would have had a better regular season maybe James Harden wouldn't have gotten as frustrated with the situation and asked for a trade and ultimately I you know we've had this discussion a lot but I don't think that KD and Kyrie envisioned Ben Simmons as like their third guy and I know that the options were limited for Harden to go to but I wonder if they're also blaming Sean Marks for not finding another more appropriate suitor because what it did do is it wasted another year of KD's career you know they knew that there was a slim chance that Ben Simmons was going to play and so maybe KD's pissed he's like why did you waste a year of my career if you'd gotten even marginally good players um, for Harden uh, then we would have had more success in the playoffs I mean that's that's all 100% conjecture but if I put on my KD shoes you know whatever size 15 and makes me look like a clown <laughs> uh, Maybe that, maybe that, maybe that's what his thought process is. You know, I'm watching the 
the Derek Jeter documentary, um, The Captain, which I highly recommend for anyone here. Um, and he just talks about how every season that you don't win is a lost season. Obviously, I don't know if KD has the same mentality, but that could be a reason why he's pissed off. You know, this this year, this team that was surrounded by surrounded by um, you know all the players that Sean Marks was able to get did not put KD in the greatest um, capacity to succeed. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's it's really. When you do, uh, I think people always say hindsight is twenty twenty, um, and there's clearly multiple areas where this could have gone differently. It maybe yeah, if they allow Kyrie to play, Harden doesn't want to leave because the he has some more help, um, and then you don't end up having to trade Harden. But I mean, certainly KD has to have that mindset, right? At this point, he's thirty four. Um, you know, he's still at the top of his game, but at, we do know that he has a significant injury history. He had the Achilles, and then he missed a whole season, and then he's only played 99 games over the last three seasons combined. Um, and part of that is just due to, even though he hasn't suffered uh, an ACL, MCL, or a major injury, or sorry, he did suffer an MCL injury, a sprain, but it wasn't a tear. He's still having these lower leg injuries that are keeping him out of games, and so that's what's going to happen. Uh, but I think we can end on this, where we we thought the the news came out, and then had a we see Joe side tweet that you know he uh, the coaching staff and the front office has his full support, and that he says we will continue to make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. So it's almost like two parts to that sentence, where the first part he's saying that almost as a a counter to KD's uh, s- statement, which we got from sourcing, but that he's saying, pick me or pick Marks and Nash. It just almost have a way of saying that the Nash and Marks has his support still. But the second part where you're saying, we'll continue to make be- the decisions best in the, in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. That's almost as a message, I think, to the other team saying that we're not just going to trade KD, even if we want to, for pennies on the dollar. Um, we're still going to find the best trade out there and continue to support Nash and Marks. Is how I took it. Um, but what do you what do you think they should do? Do you think they should support or just give KD what he wants or trade him? Well, so I think there's um, what I think they should do and I, what I think they're going to do. I think they should find a trade partner for KD, um, find a trade partner for Kyrie, even if. It doesn't mean they're getting as much as they want back. Clearly, the toxicity in the locker room um, is going to be too much for this team to have overall success. Now, winning fixes everything. What do I think that they're going to do? I mean, I think that the second half of the statement, you interpreted a little bit differently than I did. I think what's in the best interest of this team is to keep KD and Kyrie. Those are talented players that, at this point... um, teams know that they want out so they're not you know the nets are not gonna be able to get as much for them and the nets have essentially given up all their assets in the future to 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 have this team you know really it was for james harden but to have this team and so the only pathway to them having success in the future is uh unfortunately letting marks and nash go and we see this all the time you know players always kind of get what they want uh for the most part uh, whether that's trade requests or Every couple of years getting coaches out, you know, they're, they're, that's why there's history of players being called coach killers because coaches will come and coaches will go. 
And so I think that that's probably the most likely outcome um, is that they go and, you know, you have a reset of culture. At least you can get that honeymoon period where the players are fine with the new regime. Um, you know, all, all the all the surrounding guys, I think, still respect KD and Kyrie to some level. Um, so I think that that's what's going to happen. Uh, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I, I think the opposite. I mean, can you just imagine going into training camp? I mean, the Sixers ultimately did it last year, right, with Ben Simmons. Um, but that was the opposite, where Simmons kind of just, just sat out himself. Uh, but can you just, I don't know if KD's the type of guy who's going to just, like, stay home and not show up, um, especially the paychecks that it cost Simmons. We saw that. Um and I, I, I don't know, it's just going to set up this awkward situation at training camp where Katie's there, but you know that he didn't want the coach there and the GM just sets up this awkward tension. And then you add the Kyrie part to it. Uh, you know, I, I do think it's almost the Nets should just take the, not take the loss, but cut their losses while they can. Um, because say like the season starts and... There's two things that could happen, right? The Nets could get off to a good start. Um, everything's kumbaya. The other thing could also happen where KD gets hurt. And then now he has no trade value, um, even if you want to recoup something for him. And you always run to that risk, right? With Ben Simmons, he chose not to play, so you knew he wasn't going to get hurt. But, I mean, supposedly he, got, he somehow got that back injury, even though he didn't play. But <laughs> he's a different case. But I really like that Celtics offer. I mean... So the Nets aren't should not be focused on a package of picks because all their picks are out to the Rockets. And so they really got to find a package that makes them stay competitive and maybe recoup some picks. Like in the Harden trade, they got a couple picks back. And at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think you're going to find a better player than Jalen Brown in a KD trade return. And I don't think it, it really makes sense to like haggle over like picks if they're going to give you Jalen Brown, Derek White, maybe you ask for like Grant Williams, like one other player, um, and then a couple of picks or maybe one pick and a pick swap. I think that's really what you do. And then maybe you trade uh, Kyrie. The Lakers surely seem like they'd be willing to give you at least one first-round pick for him. Uh, and you really get just reset the whole, uh, whole situation is uh, how I would approach it. But... You know, it's it's not an easy situation when you're trading a superstar who's 34 years old, has four years left on his contract. I don't think we've ever seen a situation like that before. I, I kind of like your idea of trading um, trading the players. I, if that ultimately does happen, I do wonder if uh, they, they can try to acquire young players for sure. I think the value for those young players, especially guys like Jalen Brown, is going to be hefty and they won't get much in return. You know, the Rockets don't seem like they're going to be doing that much better. And remember, half of those picks that they traded away to the Rockets are pick swaps. And so it wouldn't be the end of the world. You know, they would lose their picks every other year. But if they traded KD for a haul of picks every other year, you know, you're, you might swap with the Rockets. But I mean, whatever, the Rockets might end up with the uh, eighth overall pick and the Nets, if they really bottom out, might end up with the fourth overall pick, like whatever. You know, it's not, I don't I don't foresee in the next three years, at least the Rockets all of a sudden being a competitive Eastern Conf uh, Western Conference team, so it might not be the end of the world to even think about, you know, swapping him out for not not if you can't find good young talent, um, then trading him out for some some assets that might be able to help you out. Exactly, and I 
like I said, again, especially with the whole Simmons situation and the the fact that he's on the designated player extension, and so you can't trade for another player who's on that as well. Like say someone like Bam Adebayo, um, you can't get those guys because they're also on that extension. Um, so really, Jalen Brown is that perfect player. He's not on the designated player extension. He's got two years left on his deal, so you know you have team control on him for two more years. And he seems to be on a good trajectory. Obviously, he's no Kevin Durant, and you're trading him within the division. But again, it's like cut your losses while you can and just uh, reset the whole situation and go from there. That's that's how I would do it. But, you know, it's only August 9th today. It's uh, only going to get more and more interesting as we get closer to training camp because then the, the ultimate question that we're going to see is, is KD willing to sit out or hold out from training camp? And that's where it's going to get really interesting. Yeah, before we wrap up, I do want to spend a minute, to, you know, not to add uh, salt to the already gaping wounds in the Nets fandom, but uh, I don't, I mean, this was not the most credible source, let's say, but the source saying that uh, the Nets had asked Ben Simmons to play game four, you know, a lot <laughs> yeah. of us expected Ben Simmons yeah. to play sometime during the playoffs, and really, I mean, KD, you could, you could see KD was trying his hardest, but like, he just didn't have both his youth on his side, but also the support that he needed to play a team like Boston. Um, and, you know, they reached out to Ben Simmons to try to get him to play. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he did the, he did the, uh, the, the, he left the Homer chat. Simpson, <laughs> yeah, Homer Simpson <laughs> meme. And he blended him with the hedges. Like, I, I don't know if it's, that's true. Uh, it wouldn't be out of character for Ben Simmons. Let's just say to, to recuse himself from, anything that's pressure laden but like what does that really mean for the future of ben simmons in this organization right like if the organization asked him to play and he didn't show up and more more importantly than that if he didn't even like um stick around for the guys on the team like are his days limited and if they are is he even tradable at this point i mean now we've had a whole season where he sat out and yes um the, the Nets had to take him back because Harden wanted to go to the Sixers. But like, are there are any of the other teams even thinking about Ben Simmons? You know, he had a lot of upside. Does that even matter anymore, given his uh, injury history? One, but also now uh, his mental health history and also his uh, willingness to be a team player. I mean, not to say that he has to come on the court and participate, but it just doesn't seem like he's he's. Uh, there for the guys in the locker room either from these quote-unquote sources yeah i mean that story the memes and the the trolls on that one was just amazing i mean i think if rick buker who did say that story you you think that if he's saying that kind of story he probably has a good source from it somewhere he's like a longtime reporter but i think the fact that it's ben simmons also makes it believable and we, rem- I, yeah, I mean, we all remember, like, it was all the reports leading up where that Simmons was going to play game four. And then last minute, it was that he wasn't ready and that the organization wasn't happy. Um, but as far as your other other point, I, I, I mean, he does not have any trade value till he plays a game. Um, you know, I don't see how anyone would want to take Ben Simmons till they see him step onto a basketball court again. It was just a, a miracle and a perfect set of circumstances that the Sixers were even able to trade him and get Harden out of it. It was almost like the perfect 
Mori uh, got lucky and he went out in the end by waiting and waiting to trade. And he just waited for a situation to go downhill, which it did with the Nets. And he was able to turn Simmons into Harden, which itself was a miracle. But now, you know, again, there's no trade value for Simmons until he steps onto a court. We had to see what he looks like. Um, till then, you know, I, I don't see how any team would want Ben Simmons. Yeah, Ben Simmons, this Ben Simmons contract might might end up, if, especially if he doesn't play ever again, which is not... It's crazy that I'm even thinking about that for this young young player, but, you know, there's not a 0% chance, there's a bigger than 0% chance that Ben Simmons never steps on the court again for any team in any uniform. This would be the biggest heist... Um, biggest robbery I think contract wise in NBA history I mean uh, he's uh, gonna end up getting paid a lot of money to sit at home and maybe call me this call me a uh, a cynic but I think that even the arbitration for the money that the Sixers owe him I think he'll end up getting it because now now it's he's proven that he has an injury by sitting out even more and he didn't just start playing once the Nets you know once he switched teams and so I think all, all that money is coming back to him. So it, it's a ridiculous situation. Unfortunate situation for the Brooklyn Nets. Their fans don't deserve this. Uh, poor Sean Marks doesn't deserve this. But uh, that's where we're at. You know, uh, this team that could have been a all-time great team is potentially going to be uh, the all-time biggest disaster uh, in NBA history. Yeah, I mean, I think we've already seen it. Uh as Zach Lowe described, this team is pretty much the biggest, maybe if not the biggest, uh, what if of all time. With those three guys, KD, Kyrie, and Harden, and the fact that they only played, I think it was 11 games together, um, and Harden was traded to the Nets in January of 2021, and 13 months later, he was traded to the Sixers. Um, just a short-lived <laughs> big three era, and uh, so many what-ifs with this team, but you know, it's uh, this is what makes the NBA interesting, and can't wait to see what happens. Uh, you know, it, there's so many ways that this net situation can go, and I, I just can't wait to see it. Yeah, I can't wait till our next emergency pod when we're <laughs> talking about how KD has bought the team from Josai, and then, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Kyrie Irving uh, has gone with uh, Aaron Rodgers to do some, you know, psychedelic her- herbal retreat, <laughs> psychedelic herbal retreat, uh, ayahuasca. And so, uh, at least it keeps it fun. At least it keeps it fun. So thank you KD for, uh, making the off season fun, especially in off season where we didn't have, you know, as, as many high profile NBA stars. Um, thank you for keeping this interesting for us, uh, as we all get through the hot days of the summer. Yep. He's making the dog days at least somewhat interesting. But uh, this was good, dude. It's been some time. Uh, it was great to get on a pod again. And uh, for all our listeners, you know, we will try to put out more regular content for you guys, um, especially as we get clo- closer and closer to the season. There's only going to be more storylines. All right, man. Sounds good. Until next time, guys. Peace out. I want to give a shout out to our producer, Sandy, a.k.a. Sandy, and to let all the listeners know to help us out and follow us on Instagram at bsjpod and on Twitter as well at bsjpod. You can also find all our episodes uploaded onto our website at www.bsjpod.com. Thank you.